Hey everyone, welcome to the August bonus episode of Semi-Intellectual Musings. I'm your co-host, Philip Primo, and I'm joined by Matthew Sanderson. For this episode, we wanted to give you something entirely different than our regular show's content. So we wanted this to be sweet or sour or salty so that you could chew it off, try to swallow it, and then regurgitate it back to your friends, families, or foes. So we're giving you a top five, five. Matt, what are our categories for today? So we start off with procrastination activities, or as I like to call them, strategies. I like to call them things we do when we're avoiding doing other things we're supposed to be doing. (laughs) However we justify it to ourselves, Philip. Uh, The next uh, top five that we do is baseball movies. Uh, After that, we do cooking tips, and these aren't our favorite recipes. These are strategies to use in the kitchen. Um, Then we have social science fiction, which is related to a podcast we did in the past. And then we finish off with podcast pet peeves, whether they're things that we don't like about other podcasts or things we don't like about our own podcasts. So thank you, everyone who has joined us on this journey so far. Welcome to the bonus episode. If you have comments, concerns, questions, or considerations, we're on Twitter at the underscore SIM underscore POD. You can email us at semi-intellectual at gmail.com. The archive to the show and our website is found at thesim.podbean.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or at your podcatcher of choice. You can also find us on Facebook at The SimPod. Again, thank you for joining us. We really hope that you enjoy this bonus episode. All right, so we have our top five, top five. Top five, top five. Top five, top five. Um, Okay, I'm going to throw it over to you, Matt, to kick us off. And the topic is top five procrastination activities or things I should, things I do when I'm avoiding something else I should be doing. (laughs) So that's that's the category. Perfect. So we'll go from five to one and then. Yeah. And then you go. Okay, cool. Um, so coming in surprisingly at number five is podcast listening. Okay. Yeah. Podcast listening. It used to be maybe number two for me, but I've been trying to scale back a little bit. Okay. So number cool. five is podcast listening. Number four is Forge of Empires. This stupid game that I play on my phone. What? Yeah. It's like this, uh, Phil doesn't know about it. It's like kind of a combination of Age of Empires and SimCity. Okay. And it's like a massive like multiplayer kind of experience. Okay. It's kind of, it's interesting, but it's like, it's kind of embarrassing to talk about. So that's number four. Uh, <laughs> and that's a game that you play on your iPhone? On or my or phone. your phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. exactly. I can play it on my computer and get more functionality, but I I don't want to get that invested oh, in boy. it. So I, I oh. cut myself back. Okay. So number three, uh, rising up the list quickly, is staring at Violet's face. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's so, a new one for you. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's always fun. Um, Number two, it's often been right up at the top, is going to get something, some BS kind of errand okay. where like, I don't need the loaf of bread right now, but right. I'm going to go walk to the store, not drive, but walk to the store walk so to the it store takes to 45 minutes I see, yeah. and then come back. Yeah. And then uh, related to walking to the store is walking. Sometimes just walking. I'll just go for an aimless walk in a circle. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So my number five is uh, sanding my canoe or <laughs> working on outside stuff. Mm. Uh, yeah. I'm that's... surprised that's number five. I would think that would be one of your main procrastinating yeah. strategies. Well, okay. So then, <laughs> we'll uh, <see. laughs> so then my number four is vacuuming. 
Oh, okay. Uh, I'll just <laughs> really? start vacuuming the house. Interesting. Yeah, I vacuum the house like four or five times a week. Uh, oh. Okay, so number three, Netflixing or uh, TV show watching. Of course, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and this is our crossover. So my number two is listening to podcasts or finding new podcasts. Oh yeah. Finding new podcasts. Yeah, But and mine's rated number two. I do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That'll uh, wane because, um, how long have you been listening to podcasts for? That's actually kind of interesting to, uh, I would say for at least a year. Oh, okay. Uh, but then like, uh, very, I, I would say m- like more so in the last maybe six months. Yeah, see, I started listening to podcasts right when I moved here. So it's been like almost like six years, basically. I, well, I say a year. Like I've always had like a podcast app and I've always had a few in there that I would check out. Yeah. But like religiously following podcasts, yeah. no. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cool. And it's probably related to like binge TV watching as well for yeah, you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, my number one is reading stuff not related to my work or <laughs> reading the news. Yeah, mine instead of news would be like reading novels, but it's the exact same thing. Yeah. And sometimes you'd pick up these books and it's like barely tangentially related. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm going to use this somehow. And you yeah. just end up not. So those are our uh, top five, basically time-wasting. Time-wasting procrastinating tips. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the next category that we have. I'm calling them strategies. <laughs> the next category that we have, uh, interesting one. I don't think we've talked a lot about this on this show, uh, but top five baseball movies. Do you want uh, to start us or do you want me no, to? No, I want Actually, you to, no, Yeah, let me start. I want yeah. you to start this one. And I'm curious at the crossover. Okay, cool. Okay, Let's so see, I'm, yeah, I'm see gonna, where the positions are and if we got the same movies. Yeah, I'm going to keep track of this. There was there was one on here that I didn't include and that was Bull Durham. So that's my honorable mention. Okay. Um, so you start with your number five. Number five is Rookie of the Year. Yes. Because yeah. that has a, you know, a special place in our heart as we watched it as kids. Um, number four, interestingly enough, is called The Fan. Yep, I remember that one. Yeah, it's Kevin like, Costner, I think. No, it's uh, Robert De Niro and Wesley Snipes. And right. it's like oh, this yes, that one, weird yeah. movie. It's like a suspense thriller, right? So yeah. it's pretty cool. And um, he plays for the Atlanta Braves, uh, Wesley Snipes. So yeah. that's the connection. Uh, number three is Field of Dreams. So that's the Kevin Field Costner movie, right? Yeah, I have that one on my list. And it's number three. Like a lot of people say it's like a great movie or whatever. But it's like, it's about baseball, but it's not totally about baseball, right? Right, yeah. So um, number two, A League of Their Own. Yep. Yeah. And then number one, Major League. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we have two. Two crossovers? Two crossovers. Okay, cool. Uh, what, what, let's see what you got. So um, my number five is Angels in the Outfield. Oh. But it could have been Mr. Baseball. I was hoping you'd put that down, man. I went to high school with a kid who was an actor in that movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Neat. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my number four is A League of Their Own. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, I yeah. think it's really important to highlight uh, female in baseball, and yeah. that movie does that. It was something I didn't know about until the movie came out. So yeah. I think that's really the interesting. Female baseball leagues. Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, my number three, surprisingly, Moneyball. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot think, about Moneyball. I think it talks uh, about modern baseball. It mm. combines the kind of nerdy side of me that yeah. likes analytics. Yeah. Uh, so I'm putting it number three. Interesting. Uh, my number two, Field of Dreams. Okay. Uh, I think that was your number four. Number three. Number three. Yeah. Okay, so almost the same. Yeah. Uh, and my number one. Could you try to guess with my number one? The rookie? No. <laughs> it, close, but not not that. Oh, close. the natural? No. Oh wow. Not even. Okay, third third strike. Bill Durham? No. No. Although I contemplated putting that one. Yeah, on. yeah. Uh, it's actually the perfect game. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. So the perfect game. The story of uh, South American. Uh, kids who learn baseball uh, come from Mexico into the United States, into Texas, into a little league uh, competition, 
and end up winning the town over. Uh, and uh, I don't, I can't remember if they won the tournament or not, but it, I think is a highlight to our times currently in the United States, uh, fear of the South, et cetera. These kids, big smiles learned, uh, you know, the American pastime, the American dream. And yeah, it's a great story of how two countries can really collaborate around a game. Okay. Um, I'm kicking my own uh, butt here for, as soon as you said Little League, I'm like, why didn't I put uh, the Bad Bad News Bears, the original (laughs) one from like the late 70s? God, that's a good movie, right? Yeah. Um, mm, Kicking myself for that one. Uh, All right. What's our next category, Matt? Um, We got cooking tips. Yes. So we're not talking favorite recipes here, favorite dishes or favorite things to eat. We're talking about like the nuts and bolts of actually cooking. Things that cook will make better. your cook, things that will make your kitchen or cooking better. Yeah. Can you kick us off? Cause I haven't yeah, ordered mine yet. So go ahead, please. <laughs> um, okay. So my number five is get rid of your glass cutting board. Use wood or plastic instead. Um, so yeah, get rid of that. You know, what most people are using is uh, that stupid glass thing that came in their microwave and they're trying to cut on it. It dulls out your knives. If it shatters and breaks uh, two things, you either have glass everywhere in the kitchen or a huge chunk of glass will come down on your hand or fingers or just get rid of and, it. And the sound of it too, like oh metal God. on glass oh has got to be the worst, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, okay. So my number four, get a good knife set. There's nothing yes. like a good sharp knife set with a handle that fits in your grip. Uh so sparing a full set though, like what are the two knives that you would recommend? Uh, three. I got some. Oh, three, so you need yeah? three. Okay, cool. So you need a good paring knife. So totally. a smaller yeah. knife that get in there, get the work done. You need a good serrated bread knife. Yes. Uh, because yes. If, because sometimes when you're trying to cut bread or tomatoes, uh, or bagels, uh, bagels. I find tomatoes. I always use a serrated blade. No, for, n- for some I reason. never use a serrated. Just to get it started. Never use a serrated. Do, uh, if, do you poke it with the paring knife and then? No, cut along if your knife poke? can't do do cut your tomato skin, it's not sharp enough. Ah. Yeah. So, so so some people advertise a ceramic blade because they can get a lot sharper for tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, but I've never nah. been able to to use ceramic uh, blades. Well, we've been using steel um, since the Iron Age, right? So yeah. But well yeah. So, uh, and then the third one is a cleaver. So a good, oh, okay. uh, so like non-serrated, a chef knife. A chef like a knife. So non-serrated, but yet uh, on the edges it will have like little grooves in them so that yeah. your food doesn't stick to it. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like a, a good vegetable cooking. Yeah. I uh, use cutting. mine yeah. all the time. It, it says on the handle uh, like a sanatoku or something like right. that, like yeah. a Japanese word. Yeah. Um, but I use that thing all the time. Yeah. That's really good for tomatoes. And, and, you know, like we could get into different brands and different yeah. ways of doing yeah. it and all that stuff. I, I don't really want to advocate that. I'm just saying yeah. get a good knife set. Yeah, Stop yeah. using yeah. those Ikea knives. They're yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. So my number three. Use leftovers as a side instead of a whole meal. So what I'm saying to that, the reason why is, uh, so a lot of people do leftover night and they'll fill up their whole plate with leftovers. Um, But but what I'm telling you is uh, cook something new. And by cooking something new and combining it with something in the fridge, you're going to get rid of your leftovers, but you're also going to have uh, the enjoyment of being able to cook in your kitchen. something quick. It makes you know? sense. Um, cause I know that awesome spaghetti sauce you made me was basically like the base was leftovers and then you built a sauce around it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it was like the, one of the best spaghetti sauces yeah. around. Uh, okay. So my number two is, um, let your meat rest before cutting it. Oh yeah. Regardless sure. of what it is, chicken, beef, pork, fish, uh, anything, let it rest, uh, preferably, you know, under some tinfoil for 
a couple minutes before cutting into it, your juices are going to come to the top. You're going to have a much more moister uh, piece of meat. It's interesting that you said chicken there too, because I don't think a lot of people would think about um, letting chicken rest unless you're cooking like a whole bird. Right. right? Yeah. And then obviously you throw the tinfoil over, but yeah. even like um, chicken breasts and stuff, they probably just don't need to rest as long. Not as long, right? but mm-hmm. still, uh, you know, after you take them out of the oven or off the barbecue or whatever, just let them sit there. They're yeah. not going to go anywhere and they're going to stay nice and hot. Yeah. Um, but the juices are going to come to the surface. The flavoring is going to come back, you know, Highly recommend, just let us sit. Now, my number one is also related to cooking with meat. Cool. Um, Cook your beef from room temperature, especially steaks. Oh, yeah. That's a good tip, A lot of people I've seen go fridge to barbecue for their steaks. Yeah. It is a no-no. No-no. Don't do that. No, 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 no. Um, Especially if you're going to use a dry rub anyway, you might as well just take that opportunity to take them out of the fridge, throw your dry rub on, and just have it on the, the counter just seeping in there and getting yummy, right? Yep. From room temperature, though. So I'm not talking about taking it out five minutes before. I'm talking about taking it out two to three hours before. Really? Two to three hours. Let that steak sit on your counter. Mm. It's not going to go bad. There's not going to be a problem. If you have animals that you fear will jump up, put it in the microwave, put it in the oven without the oven on. Just let it sit. It's going to do its thing. Cooking it from room temperature, what it does, it will be more tender. It will be more juicy. uh, And it will be more flavorful. Cool. Yeah. Because those two go hand in hand, especially with red meat as well, right? Um, Uh, So what are yours? Okay, cool. So cooking tip number five for me, um, this is related to like dry beans and lentils. Anything that you have that is dry and you got it in a pot and you're boiling it off, very first thing that you should do after you put some salt in there, of course, is um, skim off the weird bubbles that form on the top. Yeah. It's essentially like dirt and like garbage that have been on the dried beans, right? That's after you rinse the dried beans. Before yeah, you put exactly. Them in the pot, right? Even if you rinse them, you have to skim that off. And if you skim it off, for some reason, the beans and the lentils, they taste brighter. Nice. Brighter. So it's just not as dull. Get rid of the top. Yeah, exactly. Um, kind of related to that is uh, learning how to do reductions properly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And anything like if you're cooking any kind of piece of meat, um, learning like what vegetables to throw in there, whether it be like a little bit of onion or something. Um, what kinds of alcohol or not alcohol, because most people just throw like some red wine or a beer in yep. like a frying pan and just call that a reduction, right? right. So learning reductions, because then all of a sudden every meal you have has a sauce. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, and a balsamic reduction is probably one of the easiest to be able to, to do. It's easy. Yeah. Just don't have your face over it when you're using vinegar. No. it shoots up your your eyeball that, sockets that, or there, something. There's another tip. That yeah, could there's be another, another tip. Yeah. tip. Um, so my third one is uh, layering the seasoning. Ah, uh, yeah. So most people will they'll either put the salt in at the very beginning um, or the salt in at the very end. And I'm talking like any kinds of seasoning here. But if you put seasoning salt or like cumin or chili pepper, whatever... Um, throughout the process, it'll almost be like you're building like Jenga set. I see. Full of flavor. So then you have depth of flavor. That's how you get depth of flavor. And so you, yeah. what you're saying is as you cook your um, stew or your soup uh, to continue adding seasoning yeah. throughout the, let's say, six hours that it's cooking. Exactly. Okay. So you have like seasoning in there when you start with your garlic and onions, and then you add a little bit more when you do your celery and carrots or whatever your root vegetables and then when you put your water in then you put your uh your dried herbs and then as it's simmering you just adjust the um the salt as you go right yeah and tasting and uh re um readjusting readjusting right? is, yeah. is the key to that yeah, yeah. so jump on the gun that was my number one choice oh really <laughs> yeah, oh, taste, as you, taste as you go and um, yeah. give a big shout out to uh, my wife melanie um she suggested that one and i think it's such a 
a good suggestion. She actually taught me that is like tasting as you go. Oh, um, and so my you weren't a taster before? No, no. I like my parents were not like good cooks. My right. mom doesn't like cooking. Um, so you so, were kind of pot to plate and that's it? Yeah. And I would, you know, like I'm like the classic guy where it's like, oh, I can make eggs or whatever, right? Like right. I can make a spaghetti sauce. <laughs> but um, all of it I learned um, through watching cooking shows. Oh. Um, oh, I'll just throw a quick recommendation. The best cookbook that I've ever seen is Mark Bittman's How to Cook Nearly Everything or How to Cook Everything. Okay. Yeah, I have never haven't heard of it. So Oh, it's huge. It's like this big and the, there's like four other ones. There's like one like how to bake everything and right, right. things like that. So my number two, and I think this is just as important as taste as you go, um, is set shit up first. Right. Right. And plan things out. And for a guy with like a terrible short term memory and he kind of gets panicky when things are like he starts dropping the oregano like, and stuff. Uh, yeah, like most people. Like most kitchen, people, yeah. right? Um, you can mitigate a lot of that just by having things laid out laid and out thinking about you. what you're gonna do before you start chucking things right. into a pan. Now, my advice uh, to that tip is if you are around someone who doesn't do that, uh, to let them just handle the kitchen the way they handle the kitchen. Because I am not a plan out first. Yeah. I am see as I go and then figure it out. Yeah. Um, And I'm talking like for me, planning out is like, okay, we're having chicken tonight. What are the two sides or whatever? Am I making a salad? Right. And then- then it goes from there, but it's like a salad, two vegetables, one right. meat. <laughs> like I'm just like that, and then I just open my spice cupboard and just go at it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What's your number one? Um. Oh yeah, taste as you go. Taste as you go. Yeah. So that's right. what I got. Uh. Okay. So our number, our fourth category, uh, picks up a little bit from two episodes that we did actually. So the first one was Fahrenheit four five one. Right. Uh. And then we kind of expanded on that in a full length episode on social science fiction and uh, Twin Peaks. Right. Uh, but I thought that it was really neat if we st- kind of did our top five social science fiction works. And this comes uh, from a suggestion uh, from our podcast friends, Skip and Josh, uh, who kind of asked us on Twitter, where would you rank 1984 mm. in a list and kind of made me think, hmm, maybe we should do... Do we want to answer that question right now? Like, where would you rank 1984? I, I, I think Did... 1984 is going to come up on our lists. So it's, we not on, it's not online. It's not? Oh. It's not online. Okay. It's in my top 10. So we'll but have it's not to, in my top Okay, five. so we'll have to wait till I rank it then. Okay, okay so yeah. we'll start with you. Okay, we'll start with me then. Okay, cool. And we haven't shown each other uh, this list. No, this list is a surprise. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to this one. Okay, so number five is a book called Ready Player One. Oh. And it's a new piece of social science fiction. It's maybe, I'd say like five years old or so by now. Okay. Basically, the premise is in a dystopian future, not too far in the future, basically whoever created Google, like that kind of character, like a Steve right. Jobs type yeah. character, um, died without having any heirs. So he put his vast fortune into this virtual reality game that he created that oh. everybody on the planet basically plays. Okay. So it's like, he's like, I'm putting three Easter eggs in this game and whoever finds them all first gets, um, gets my fortune, right? Wow. But the game is all based around 70s and 80s arcade and home entertainment system video games. But it's set in the late 2000s? It's, it's set in like 2000, like maybe 30 or something okay. like that. Yeah. So, but it's all based off of classic video games. So we do well in them. Yeah. And the, so the idea of the game itself is that you play in a virtual reality fashion, like um, whatever, Frogger or something like this or Donkey Kong kind of oh, idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. And everybody has these weird worlds. It's a great fast read and it's like a good introduction i'd say to the genre of social science fiction very neat yeah um number four is uh cat's cradle cat's cradle yeah it's um by kurt vonnegut is that right i'm not sure i i can't remember i was supposed to look that up but i forgot to um but yeah it's called cat's cradle it's a famous uh, book and basically 
the premise of that one is um, someone starts like a new religion and gets some adherence to it and they go off to this island and but there's like thermonuclear war going on and basically the entire planet is like destroyed except for this little island and what do people do from there right neat um so number three number three is an author um i'm just doing all of hg wells uh yeah and uh, i'm putting him in there because of his historic importance i would argue that he might have been one of the key founders of the whole genre of the genre yeah you know and he is like each book he wrote is really good really thin and it's like made to go with you wherever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, number two is uh, Isaac Asimov's Foundation series. Ooh. I've read them all, man. I've yes. read all like seven of them. Does he also do for... iRobot? Yeah. He yeah, does. for sure. Okay. Yeah. And that's also linked into the Foundation. I thought it was. Like arc as well. And yeah. the Foundation arc is like huge, right? Right. And then number one is Stranger in a Strange Land by Heinlein. I oh. read that. My friend gave it to me, my friend Ashley from back home. She gave me Stranger in a Strange Land. And after I read that book, I read like I've read probably like 30 40 Highlands now. Wow. Yeah, so a couple moderns, a couple classics in the genre. Yeah, exactly. That's how I wanted to spread it out for you. Very so, nice. What do you got, Philip? Mine is going to be a lo- is pretty surprising. So, cool. let's go. Um I have <coughs> I have quite a few uh, like uh, notable mentions or ones that I could have uh, put on the list. So, I'm going to start with those. Uh so my first one that I could have put on the list is American Psycho. Oh, okay, cool. I I think that <clears throat> that encapsulates kind of uh a nice social experiment i'm gonna call yeah, of yeah. the american dream and what yeah. could happen and it's cool uh, because it's contemporary because a lot of these are like set in a not too distant future right but this one is like no set right now right now yeah, yeah. uh the <laughs> other one is hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy oh yeah for you sure. know i think yeah. it uh, definitely speaks to the whole intergalactic or interworld or yeah. that sort of thing yeah. uh clockwork orange oh yeah uh, you know yeah. what can happen when um psychology psychiatry goes adrift uh and we try to just govern teenagers way too much yeah um brave new world right yeah for sure uh the road oh i forgot about these that. are notable mentions oh i forgot about the road animal farm as a notable mention yeah for sure. um hey, doctor do you, sorry bro do yeah. you like animal farm well that's why it's a notable mention it's like, good it would be in my top 10 like but it, it's sort of didn't important. make my top five yeah i don't like it that much i, f- I feel like um I like so it at first the time all, when I read it. First of all, it's a little bit more of the political science fiction than is the social science fiction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's still kind of in that category, yeah. you know? Like, uh, I don't want to really split hairs on that. Hmm. Um, Dr. Strangelove. Oh, okay. Or How I Learned to Love the Bomb. Of course. Um, nice just, job. Just because Kubrick, you know, yeah. anything Kubrick touches, I tend mm. to like. Mm. Um, was that but, a book or was that just a movie? It was a movie. I, yeah. Maybe it was oh, a book. Oh, okay, cool. A movie. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're doing um, here. Yeah. It's a really good movie, man. Black and white. And then the other <laughs> notable mention, which almost made the list, like mm. my number five could have been this one, is A Strange Manuscript Found in a Copper Cylinder. Um, what the hell is that? So, <laughs> that sounds awesome. That sounds like something I would read, man. <laughs> yeah. So Strange Manuscript Found in a Copper Cylinder, it's basically, tra- it like comes from the travel tales kind of genre. And uh, basically explores different worlds, uh, beasts, creatures um, on a journey, on a boat. Like travel um, tales, like Gulliver's Travels, like that sort of idea? There you go. Yeah. Okay. Or Canterbury Tales. Canterbury stuff, Tales yeah. as well. Okay. So it kind of fits in there. Uh, okay. So, but my list. Cool. My actual yeah. list. Okay. Those are some winners, man. A couple yeah, I want to read right now. Yeah. <laughs> I had a hard time with this one. Um, okay. Number five. 
Handmaid's Tale, Margaret Atwood. Yeah, yeah. Recently turned into the TV series yeah. I watched. It I, is I watched the first uh, episode uh, just uh, the other night, actually. Um, a little I, too disturbing for me, actually. I, I gotta find, say, the TV yeah, show, it's like, eesh. Exactly. It's I find that the TV show um, modernized, extended, and picked up, accentuated some of the current anxieties a little bit more than the book. So okay. like, like the book is dystopian and definitely when was the social book science written roughly. Was that in like the seventies or something? Uh, or? Mid eighties. Mid eighties. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So my number four, Gulliver's Travels by Jonathan Swift. Oh, wow. Really? I, I think that hands down that book, uh, you know, explores what it's like to be in different worlds mm-hmm. and explores cultural clash, um, in anywhere you go. When did you read Gu- uh, Gulliver's Travels? If I'm curious, roughly, would you say? Interestingly, for the first time I read it uh, was, I think, three years ago. Dude, I read it when I was like 16 or 17. Yeah, lots of people do. Like, weirdly. And like, it's understandable. Like, it's like, I, I get this. Like, there's yep. some weird words here, but it's like old English. So whatever, you just go with it. And um, I found that like, you know, my brain was a lot more supple back then, but uh, I, I was rocking through that. I, yeah. I, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's entertaining yeah. and funny. Yeah. And you that reminds me of the H.G. Wells, like, inclusion on mine. Yes. It's kind of like a classic. Yeah. Like, it's important historically. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Well, with all what do you got? Uh, now, my number three is another classic. Again, you probably would have read it in high school. Lord of the Flies. Oh. By Hall. Uh I, I oh, you know there's I something wish I put that on. I love Lord of the Flies, man. There's something about so again, this is one of these lost in a distant world uh, yeah. sort of books. But there's there's the backdrop is that there's a nuclear war that happened from the world uh, that they're from, right? So these kids get dropped off on this island, and they all know that there's nothing else to return to. So then the question becomes, what do you do when there is nothing else but the island and your companions? Um, so yeah, join Ralph, Piggy, Jack, Simon, Sam, Eric, Roger, mm. and, uh, mm. you know, all their crazy adventures and the decisions that they make. It's dystopian, but it's something that could actually happen. So it kind of fits mm. with the genre perfectly. And it's, it's memorable as shit too. Like my, uh, one of the kids I'm tutoring, he's in, uh, uh grade 10 and they read Lord of the Flies, which is like yeah. standard, right? Yeah. Um, but it was so fun to like revisit those characters. I'm like, and I remember them all vividly and I hadn't read exactly. it since grade 10. Yeah. I hadn't read it one time. Yeah. I remember exactly. yeah, every just single say the, moment. The world, the, like the words Ralph or Piggy. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit. Yeah. 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 yeah totally. Uh, I liked Simon. Simon yeah, was my Simon, favorite. Simon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so um, my number, number two. Number two. Number two. Okay. Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. I was thinking about putting it on my list too. Uh, but I would say yeah. the book. Uh, not the screen adaptations of it. Oh God, um, I didn't even know there were any. <laughs> there, I believe two. I can see those being bad. Yeah, yeah, 1984 is a terrible movie as well. Uh, so my number one, <laughs> 1984. 1984, really? the book, George Orwell. Really? I have to side huh. with uh, Skip and Josh. Really? On that one, 1984 tops the list in social science fiction. Selling out to Skip and Josh, eh? <laughs> you know, there's, there's something to be said about... Um, Okay, groupthink and, uh, you know, the the changing of language that, yeah. that happens, yeah. especially if you go on Twitter uh, yeah, or on any sure. of these social media kind of, you know, quick messaging. Right. Uh, there's, an, you know, there's something to be said about the big brother concept. And it's not that, you know, there's someone always watching you. It's the possibility that they're yeah. always watching you. And that's that's what I think Orwell grasped. He nailed it. He yeah. nailed it yeah. in, in a very interesting narrative that explores love and lust and feelings and emotions. That's um, something I love about 1984 too is that, is it called Newspeak? 
Newspeak. Newspeak, yeah, yeah, the abbreviation of language yeah. and the elimination of like context and color out of language, yeah. which reminds me of like, hey, follow us on Twitter, but uh, kind of right. reminds me of uh, internet communication, right? Twitter tweeting as well. Um, yeah, I like it. Um, I think 1984 for me would be maybe seventh on my okay. list. It just missed the top five. And I kept it off sort of because like, like you would expect it, but it, maybe that's why it should deserve to be in a top five then, because it is yeah. like, when you think of social science fiction, it's like 1984 right. and also the amazing Apple, um, ad that was released in 1984, introducing yes. the world to the uh, Macintosh computer, yep. which was a revolutionary ad as well. It, yeah. uh, I still talk about that. I think I talked about it with you off air yeah. uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And you know what? 1984, the movie is not that bad. I have it at home. It's like, it just sort of, it's just weird looking, but it's not that bad actually. No, it's not. Yeah. It's yeah. not. But I would suggest to read the book or to have it read to you mm. probably from Audible. Okay, can I throw two more just honorable mentions that popped in my head while we okay, were talking? Two more honorable mentions. Um, the Island of Dr. Moreau. Okay. Right? Um, and I think Children of Men is an amazing movie. Uh, yeah. You saw just throw that in there to match your road there. <laughs> the last category that we have, Matt, podcasting pet peeves. <laughs> Let me get out my dossier and look at yeah, Phil okay. here. No, So this isn't the pet peeves we have for each other, is it? I don't know. Oh, shit. You um, started off. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm starting it You're off. Starting okay, it off. fine. Yeah, just because you do the edits. <laughs> um, okay, I would say my number five would be show notes that are too long or show notes that are unnecessarily super short that are only like two or three lines long. So long show notes, obviously, you're not going to read through them all, and then short note, short show notes show you nothing, right? So I have a problem with long and short show notes. Um, one of the, um, podcasts I listened to on the, uh, Toronto Blue Jays, it's, uh, hosted by Mike Wilner and it's a call-in show, right? And, um, they will often put, uh, the score of the previous night's game in the show notes and it just pisses me off because like, I have the, uh, MLB. I hate when they do that, man. Yeah. And I got the internet package, right? So I can like watch the game the next day and sort of skip through some stuff. Um, but then like when I'm doing my... Uh, you know, recent episodes, it's like, oh, I know what happened in the Blue Chase game. So show notes are a big, big issue for yeah, me. Yeah, and show notes show up on my top list as well in a different way. Um, <laughs> one that is a pet peeve on our own show. Um, oh, I, I oh, never... What do you mean on our own show, man? Come on. <laughs> I've never liked the uh, the opening that we do what? where we, it's, it's like scripted. And so, and then Mel like got a bug in my ear. She's like, I don't like him either. So I'm like... Man, so, that's, that's our whole brand. Yeah. So uh, we were, I guess, rebranding a little bit there. Um, so Way that to t- find out, co-host. <laughs> on, on the episode, I find out that you don't like what we've been doing. <laughs> Going oh, back the fourth Great. wall <laughs> all of a sudden i'm not getting that second beer eh? no i'm taking the one you haven't from you now <laughs> oh god i'm gonna take a quick sip here <laughs> uh okay so what do you have next um so for number three is um massive format changes ah uh, yes yes, yeah. yes 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 and yes. what we mean by that is like say if me and phil just took this show in a crazy new direction all we started talking about is drugs and we were like buck naked when we were doing it yeah. and we just had like random people coming in that'd be awkward and it'd just be like the druggy hour that, <laughs> like that would be awkward semi-intellectual yeah. musings just in a weird different direction so yep. i have a problem with format changes and often they come like completely out of nowhere and they never consult the listeners right because that's really who we should be listening to when we talk about new ideas for segments 
and switching things up. So that's also why I included. It's not a show without listeners. Exactly. So, you know, and Mel, she listens to a couple of our shows and she had that feedback. So there you go. Um, And then for number two and uh, number one, they're kind of related. So I have a problem with um, podcasts that are sponsored by either big corporations, not in the sponsorship, but they're actually like um, Goldman Sachs has a a podcast where they like talk to quote unquote innovators. Right. Um, So I have a problem with that. And then also like, real networks that are already in existence like maybe like fox or cbc that are like coming in and dominating the podcasting space yeah like that pisses me off as an independent podcaster and then the number one that always like makes me lose respect for a show is poorly chosen sellout type ads okay like if you are if you are a political show and you have an ad for a bank Right. You don't deserve right. my listenership. I see. I I'm see. sorry. Yeah. And like when I hear an ad like that, I question the show and the host and the whole direction because it's like, who made that decision? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And one of my favorites, um, The Gist um, with Mike Pesca, it's a great show, but occasionally you'll have like an ad for some sort of financial institution on it. Right. Yeah. And then Malcolm Gladwell's, his revisionist history one. Um, it's a pretty good show. I, I got kind of got pissed off when you talked bad about golf, but uh, <laughs> but he's hosted, but he's uh, sponsored by Chanel. Yeah, that's a little weird. Right? And it's like everyone likes Chanel. Like that's fine or whatever. But like, what the fuck? Like right. Chanel? Like and like it's Malcolm Gladwell. Like he's a multiple New York Times bestseller. He doesn't need the money. Right. I Why don't you just mean. like go get a Podbean account and just chuck that up there? <laughs> well, yeah. So my top five <laughs> it was more ranty than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of crossover. My top five, my, <laughs> <Matt>. n- no, <laughs> can I, can I speak? Oh yeah. Okay. Interruptions uh, from co-hosts. So my number five is again, something that you've talked about, um, a show changing their brand or going off brand too much. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the same sort of reasons that you were talking about, but also like, um, you know, what could, what can happen is uh, you have a brand, you have your show, and then, you know, you want to go on other people's shows, which I totally get, and I think it's a good idea. Um, But you have to be kind of selective about which shows you go on and which people you have on your show. And when it goes too far, either one way or the other, it kind of goes off brand and it just doesn't, doesn't look, doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Again, on show notes. So my number four is just having no show notes. So I think even mm. just a few short sentences is better than none at all. Yeah, totally, and I've man. I've come I'd across agree. some shows that just don't do them, and I'm kind of looking for them. And or what just... about like show notes without links? Like I, that's something I always that's appreciated fine. on ours. Yeah, like, like all the links are at the bottom. You know, links are fine, um, but you know, even if they didn't have links, just having a few words about what the episode's mm. about. You know, um, my number three advertising or advertisements uh, where the sound volume is way louder than the regular show. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and this can happen for a few reasons. Uh, and that's a pet peeve as a producer and as a listener. So what can happen when you receive an audio file is it's compressed differently. So it's not actually that it's louder. It's just that it sounds louder. So the perception of volume versus um, the kind of signal volume that you mm-hmm. have is different. Yeah, that's and what I was going to say. Like, I don't have just... that language, but it's like almost the quality of the ad is like like way richer. And it just right. sounds like way louder. Exactly. And then you come back yeah. to the podcast, you're like, wow, this sounds shitty. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's a little pet peeve. There's not, not much you can do about it, though. So yeah. that's just straight up complaining on my part. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So my number two, having bad sound, which includes things like echo, 
Mm, uh, I hate echo. Background noises, coughing, uh, doors opening, uh, beer being put on a table, all that kind of stuff. I absolutely hate it. From a producer standpoint, trying to edit that shit out is annoying, time-consuming, and ultimately futile. And so, from a listener perspective, I don't need to know what's going on in the room. So I don't here's, really care. Here's unless, a point. unless that's the point of your show. If the point of your show yeah, yeah. is to like have ambient sound, and stuff, then, yeah. then go for it. Yeah. That's cool. But if, if it's not, then they cut that shit out, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, it's funny too, because no more than like 20 minutes ago, as we were recording this, Phil just grabs his beer, gives it two taps on the felt covered like table in front of us, and I move it off the wood table onto the felt table. I'm like, reason, I know exactly what he's looking there's at. There's a reason right? why there's yeah. felt on the table. That's okay. my sound editor right there telling me to uh, uh, save him some work. <laughs> so my number one, uh, my number one podcasting pet peeve is FM radio shows that then post online and called it a podcast. And you kind of got into it a little bit, and I'm not going to name any big networks, but mm. if you're an FM show and you've aired on FM radio, taking that show, putting it online, does not instantly make it a podcast. Yeah, that's true. But what networks are doing is doing that and then labeling it a podcast and throwing it up on things like iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, that kind of stuff. If it's excellent quant content, which most of the time it is, you don't need to call it a podcast. You're people. You're going to get people going to it, and you can have an R RSS stream that we can pick up in our podcatchers. But you know, getting it on the iTunes podcast, messing up the categories and stuff like that oh, for independence and yeah, yeah. you know, for people who record in their homes or yeah, that whatever. Does suck. Yeah. You know, it's 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 hard to be an independent podcaster as it is, but then competing with like big time shows yeah. that air on FM radio yeah. is almost impossible, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's my number one pet peeve. Again, it's complaining because I can't do anything about it. Oh, well, we think. just keep continuing to produce great shows, man, and then we'll take them all down. And one by one. One by one. One giant corporation after another. <laughs> uh, that was fun. That was that cool, That was our man. top five five. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, was cool. great. And I think uh, we might do it again in a different format for another bonus episode, but this has been your August bonus episode. Woo! Uh, if you've liked, or if you've disliked, if you have a pet peeve with the show mm. or us, mm. or if you want to complain, you can contact us on Twitter at the underscore S I M underscore P O D. You can email us at semi intellectual gmail.com. Our website, which includes the archives to the show is the sim We are on iTunes. We're on Stitcher on Google play for your RSS feeds. Uh, we're also on any podcatcher of your choice. Uh, Matt is on Facebook. I am also on Facebook. The show has a Facebook page, and that is at The SimPod. Uh, check us out. Also, follow Potter and Family and Pomosphere for the best in indie podcasting. And I also want to give a big shout out to uh, Two Pods a Day. So the hashtag Two Pods a Day. Uh, listen, indie. Listen more. Something like that. Listen more, listen indie. Yeah. Uh, it's a great campaign, and I'm, I want to plug them as much as I can. Yeah, it uh, helps so a it lot out. of independent podcasts. So if you see that on our Twitter feed, uh, be sure to check out those podcasts we're listing because they're all independent and they all need the support. So. All right, and that's a wrap for the bonus episode. Cool. It was fun. Hey, hey.